This is CF City Views, stories of better community building, a Cadillac Fairview podcast, exploring the shape of our cities together and transforming communities for a vibrant tomorrow. The land on which this podcast was recorded and on which the city of Vancouver was built is the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Though this podcast discusses the evolution of Vancouver as a contemporary city, we acknowledge and honor the fact that these lands have been the sacred home of Indigenous communities who have lived and worked here from time immemorial. Here's your host, Brent Totterin. Hello and welcome. I'm city planner and urbanist Brent Totterin, and this is CF City Views, stories of better community building. It's a conversation about how we shape our cities and how community building decisions contribute to urban life. Or maybe they do the exact opposite. When CF asked me to host these episodes on Vancouver, they knew my reputation for not pulling any punches when it comes to the public interest. That will be our approach to this podcast, telling it like it is and was with the ambitious goal of inspiring better city making. The first three episodes come to you from Vancouver and profile three powerful eras of downtown city building overlapped with three eras of one of Cadillac Fairview's most intriguing and iconic projects anywhere, the CF Pacific Center. It's fair to say I know a thing or two about downtown Vancouver. Not only do I live here, I was the city's chief city planner for six years, but I sure don't know everything. So I'm really glad that we've invited some friends and experts to each episode and together, we're going to tell you the story of how a very bold city and a very bold project supported each other over decades to achieve some really special community building. In this episode of CF City Views, Vancouver hits the world stage again. We're discussing the successful bid and the massive challenge to host the 2010 Winter Olympic and Paralympic Games. Today, I'm chatting with a former downtown business figure, an influential Vancouver architect, and two CF leaders. Like Expo 86 before it, the Olympics ushered in a new era of Vancouver city building, and it inspired a dramatic redesign at the CF Pacific Center too. So buckle up, this is a big one. The Olympic era of Vancouver's city building story really began even before 2003 when Vancouver won the hosting role. A new vision for the city that emphasized green and inclusive community building was already part of the city's values, and it was already the focus of the official bid. The city reached peak excitement when Vancouverites turned out to overwhelmingly vote yes in a referendum. By the time the International Olympic Committee granted Vancouver the hosting duties, the new era of city building was already underway. Winter Games in 2010 awarded to the city of Vancouver. We did it! We did it! We did it! Unbelievable! I mean, uh, this is going to do so much for Vancouver. There's no greater stage than the Olympics, and there were high hopes that Vancouver would capitalize on the opportunity like no other winter city had before. While there were certainly big costs and potential downsides to hosting an Olympics, for urbanists like me, the best reason to host the Games is the chance to positively change the city in ways that likely wouldn't have happened otherwise. There are a lot of things that came out of the games to change the city. The accelerated construction of the Canada Line connecting the airport to downtown. The game-changing Olympic Village, with its lead platinum ranking, which is still considered the greenest community in North America by the U.S. Green Building Council. The funding announcement for 14 social housing projects that may not have been built for decades or more, were it not for the critical press around potential Olympic displacement. 
plus widespread beautification, the addition of a lot of new public art, and the creation and refurbishment of special buildings and community places throughout the city and region. And that was all even before the games were a huge hit, possibly changing Canadian culture forever. For Charles Gauthier, the president and CEO of the downtown Vancouver BIA at the time, the games were a big spark, and a more thriving downtown Vancouver was the result. If there's a public investment in public space, I think it does act as a catalyst for private investment. And so the Olympics, from my perspective, was a catalyst. And it also was a firm deadline, even though the Olympics was in 2010. As you know, there's a long runway. Those first 10 years in the new millennia was a critical time, and it did spur a lot of the players to move forward with those plans. It led to Cadillac Fairview looking at how do they march in step with what was going to happen in that public realm and the opportunities it would provide. I don't like to label things too much, but I think it was a golden decade of city building in the downtown area. Two Olympic legacy projects were particularly important for the downtown core and for the CF Pacific Centre. The creation of Canada Line meant a new SkyTrain station and route right at the downtown centre ice and at the Pacific Centre's front door. And the reinvestment and redesign of Granville Street as the downtown's principal gathering place was intended to do a lot of things. Rejuvenate the street, enhance public life and vibrancy, and send a message to the private sector that Vancouver was committed to downtown success. Meanwhile, Cadillac Fairview had big pre-existing plans for the CF Pacific Center that frankly got a lot of extra fuel from the Olympic fever. They planned to turn the buildings inside out and finally embrace the street and city, rectifying the biggest mistake of the original urban design when the buildings turned their back to the street. And as for the architecture, well, say goodbye to that great white urinal. But I wondered, would anyone actually lament the loss of the building? Recently, I walked by the building with Charles Gauthier and our CF leaders, and we spoke about how people didn't always think it was so bad. Here's Vice President of Development, Matthew Cavanaugh. It was a famous architect, and it, it, it's interesting because we call it the Great White Urinal, but the urinal really came after. When it was built in, in the 70s, it was actually a much more handsome square box. It was very... I'm struggling to come up with the right term here, but the lid on afterwards. Yeah, no, really. Like it, it, <laughs> it, it was a great white box first. Yeah, and it, it became it, a urinal. It had a simplicity and an elegance to it that was actually quite nice. And when Sears put on that addition, it really took any merit that architecture had. It, it, in so, my if the opinion, addition had never happened, it might still be here. It it, it might have been a harder decision. I I, I, I would say that. Yeah, it, but I think the architecture was so tainted by that addition that it made it a very simple call to take that off. It wasn't a complete coincidence that the redesign to re-embrace the street and community and to do away with the Great White Urinal coincided with the Olympics. Here's Charles. There was a lot of excitement and I recall the conversations that I had with you know a number of general managers of Pacific Centre at the time where they understood that if Granville Street was going to be successful that they needed to also look at reanimating their street level retail. The general managers of the day in the initial decade of 2000 were very interested and very motivated to embrace the street and activate their street level retail and help with what I would call the rejuvenation of Granville Street. And those were exciting times because they were very engaged. Just imagine what it must have been like for leaders at Cadillac Fairview to be watching the final day of the Olympics, already knowing that they were going to be reopening up the Pacific Center design to re-embrace Granville Street, but maybe being a bit nervous about it still. And then seeing that crowd, it's been estimated at 50,000 people, that crowd of people filling Granville Street, waving Canadian flags, 
singing O Canada, celebrating like we've probably never seen before in Canada. We didn't even think it was in our nature to celebrate like that. After the Canadian men's hockey team beat the U.S. team in overtime to win our final record-breaking gold medal of the games. Remember uh, the roar? Like, you could hear the roar. It was so quiet. And there, I think there's a clip somewhere where when Sidney Crosby scored the goal, there was this roar in the city that you could hear. And it, it, I think it was a shot through False Creek, and you could hear, like, the roar of the city when he scored. It was fantastic. To have an Olympics within the city of Vancouver, I was here and it was just amazing. The energy, like we welcomed the world to our city and really for Calac Ferry, again, it really showcased the fact that, you know, the belief that we had, I guess, in, you know, in the early 70s, that this was and still continues to be a very vibrant part of the city. I think it, again, it just reframed our commitment to continuing to enhance and improve our our properties. Since the Olympics, downtown Vancouver has kept evolving in ways that continue to set it apart as a world leader in city building. Our core, which just 50 years ago felt more like a town than a city when those freeways were rejected, now operates as one of the most successful, livable, and green downtowns in North America. We're very proud because once we started building out Nordstrom, you can see the transformation of that block of Granville Street and how we've improved the streetscape experience. It feels lively. You can see inside. It just broadened the whole street feeling and animated. And, and it's interesting because we did stand back and look and go, wow, I think we did all right improving that whole experience along Granville. And we continued that work on the 42 block of Granville as well with the H&M redevelopment where we opened that space up, put in glass, exterior entrance again. So really opened up Granville Street so then you could bring the outside in. We're quite proud of that. As we walked around the city for this podcast, we were surrounded by reminders, as if we could forget, that we were still in the midst of a global pandemic. Those big crowds we spoke of earlier were nowhere to be seen, though people were starting to come back. Office towers sat mostly empty. Some stores were even boarded up. Was this the landscape of a new fourth era for Vancouver? A post-pandemic era? Would it transform our downtown yet again, costing the city much of the decades of progress that the three previous eras had yielded? I asked all our interviewees what they thought the pandemic could mean for the downtown as a place we've historically lived and worked in, for downtown health in general, and for the future of the CF Pacific Center. Did they still have the confidence that embracing the street was the smart thing to do? Or would we end up turning our backs on it all over again? As a city planner, I knew what I wanted them to say, what the success of our city needed them to say, but I didn't know what they would say. It was a tough question, filled with ongoing uncertainty, but their answers, all of their answers, reinforced my confidence that our downtown is still on the right path. I certainly think that the pandemic has, you know, delivered a bit of a body blow to the downtown, but I don't think it's a knockout. It's about putting back the important pieces that make downtown vibrant. We need to strengthen our cultural and our entertainment venues because I think that will be a critical piece in terms of bringing people back into the downtown. And I've seen it in talking to our clients. They want human interaction and not human interaction through a video call or a conference call, but real meaningful social connections. So I would say downtowns are not dead. Humans are not built to be by themselves or looking inwards. I'm sure it will take us a little while to sort of get downtown back up 
to the vibrancy and the life that that is sort of required to keep things a little bit more calm on the streets. But here at CF, we are a long-term investor in Vancouver, and we do not see this being a problem going forward. We very much believe in the streets of Vancouver, and we believe in Pacific Center's place at the center of Vancouver as being open to the street and being a part of this neighborhood and a part of the vibrant community that is downtown, not an island within it. We are going to take that philosophy and employ it here even in the middle of COVID. There's absolutely no way we are going to continue to inwardly focus this mall in the middle of one of the most vibrant downtowns in North America. On that last note of confidence in our cities and communities, we end this third and final episode from Vancouver. Thanks for joining me through the eras of Vancouver and CF City Building and through some great and important stories from some smart and passionate community builders. It's been a real pleasure. I'm Brent Totterin. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate and review. That was CF City Views. Stories of better community building. A Cadillac Fairview podcast. Exploring the shape of our cities together and transforming communities for a vibrant tomorrow. Meet you there.